0: Right now, we're listening to Lipstick
1: and Tea. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Lipstick and Tea. We are your host, Brianna. And Faith, hi. Tonight, we're covering part one of our two part series on dating and relationships Sex versus Celibacy.
0: Sex is a hot topic everywhere, and recently celibacy has made its comeback. Sierra and Russell Wilson talk about being celibate until their wedding day. And we've all heard of The Wait by Devon Franklin and Megan Good. Um, who write about celibacy in their book, uh, in their definition of it. But there's also another side, the feminist side, who say sex is just as much of a woman's right as a man's right. And Amber Rose recently held her first slut walk to unite women to end slut shaming. So we're going to get started.
1: So first up, we're going to give you all some facts. Um, The the Gallup poll said that the percentage of people between ages 18 and 29 who are married is definitely declining. In 2014, just 16% were married and 14% of young people were living with a partner. Meanwhile, a whopping 64% of respondents were single in 2014 and had never married. That number was even higher for men, 68% than for women, 60%. And also, the Bureau of Labor Statistics shows that over half of the US is currently not married, which coincidentally is also the ratio of people on Tinder who are single. A recent Pew report showed that the number of Americans over the age of 25 who have never been married is currently at its highest. So if you're single out there, you are not alone. The first thing we wanna talk about tonight is the feminist side of the of this conversation, as well as sexual liberties, um, being sexually liberal. Um, we also have with us our special guest, Jordan. Hello. Um, so, Faith, you want to kick this conversation off t- um, about Amber Rose and her slut walk?
0: A slut walk originated in 2011 in Toronto when a college student went to authorities after being raped, and the officer advised her to not dress like a slut and she wouldn't be sexually assaulted. A slut walk is a movement of protest marches calling for an end to rape culture, specifically protesting against explaining or excusing rape by referring to any aspect of a woman's appearance. So, um, Bree, as a single woman, and Jordan, do you guys apply the slut walk? Or how do you feel about Amber Rose movement? Jordan,
1: what are your, what are your thoughts on the slut walk Hello? campaign? What are your thoughts on the slut
2: walk campaign and the whole movement? I think it's completely necessary. I can't tell you how many times I've heard of people who were sexually assaulted and had the courage and the bravery to go to the police, to go to the authorities, and the authorities would analyze what the woman was wearing, where she was, the time of night she was out none of that matters. It could be in broad daylight. It can be three o'clock in the morning. It shouldn't matter. And we unfortunately have a culture of men can do no wrong in terms of sexual violence. And it's, it's enough. We've had enough.
1: I agree. Um, I definitely don't think that what a woman wears should mean that she can be sexually assaulted that it's except like, Oh, Oh, she was out in a crop top and some Daisy Dukes. Oh yeah. She got what she deserved. No, that's not true. You should be able to live freely and comfortably in a world where your body is yours. It's, it doesn't matter what you wear. You shouldn't have to wear a certain uh, um, type of clothing to have respect and to feel safe. Um, in today's society
2: and sometimes it's hot and you need to wear short shorts <laughs> just saying
1: um recently amber right. rose appeared recently amber rose appeared on um it's not you it's men and talked with Reverend and tyrese gibson about sec- the unwanted sexual advances of men on, on modern romance as well as unwanted sexual advances on men um of men Amber Rose was quoted as saying, I get sexually assaulted constantly when I walk down the street. People think because I'm famous or I'm cool and I'm taking pictures that they can grab my ass or put my or put their hand under my skirt. This is my privacy. Like, no. And then Tyrese Gibson went on to explain to her that if you see a basketball player, and he's known as a basketball player, when you see him, you're like, yo, let's go play ball. I'm just saying the comfortability that some people find in watching and wanting to touch or grope you, it's an energy that's being sent out there that creates that type of response. What are your thoughts on that? Faith, you want to go first? What are your thoughts on that? Do you think that, you know, um, your husband plays football, so if people see him out in public, they might say, yo, hey, you want to play a pickup game? Do you think that that's a, a good comparison for a woman like, yo, I see you're on IG, you're bad, you know, let me touch you. I've seen what you have on display. Do you think that That's a good comparison. That
0: is completely two different things. Um, One thing is you know uh, this person's profession or their ability to do something is completely like, okay, he plays ball. I want him to do a one-on-one with me. Or, oh, he's a football player. You want to come out to a little league game with me. That makes sense. But just because a woman is on Instagram or Facebook or in the media who is very beautiful does not give you permission or the right to just grab on her boobs or grab on her butt. Like, that's her personal space. Right.
1: Jordan, do you have anything to
2: add? Unfortunately, this can happen to a woman that's famous or not famous. If if you're wearing a lower cut shirt and let's say you were very blessed up top, Sometimes people feel like it's their right, or they feel like they have the privilege to just come up and grab onto you if you're out late later at night, like at a club or something. It's I don't think it's the woman's job to to determine how everyone else is going to feel about what she's wearing. What it is her job to do is making sure that if she is wearing something like that, or if she's wearing a t-shirt and jeans, to carry herself and to have an air about herself that lets everyone know that she deserves respect.
1: Okay, so my question to you um, to go into deeper on that: How, if you're wearing a mini skirt and a bralette, how would you carry yourself in a manner that shows "Don't touch me"? Like, what, what would you think would be an ideal way for a woman who is dressed more scantily clad or provocatively to give off the vibe? Because because these as Amber said, you should be comfortable to wear what you want. And we all agree. But what do you think we as women can do or how can we carry ourselves if we are dressed scantily to to tell a guy don't
2: touch me? it's kind of like a right place, right time type of thing. Like if you're at, if you're just at a farmer's market and you're going to be outside the entire time, it makes sense to wear something that leaves a little less to the imagination. But if you're going to church mm-hmm. or something like that, yeah, it's you're drawing attention to yourself. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of a place and time and it's something that me personally, I don't think you can just, okay, I'm going to be wearing something a little bit more provocative. Let me pop in the right disc so I have the right attitude and the right air. It's just, it, it's a level of confidence. It's a level of being self-aware. Mm-hmm. Um, Amber Rose's response to
1: Tyrese's comment was um no it doesn't because I'm gonna tell you why if I'm laying down with a man butt naked and his condom is on and I say you know what no I don't want to do this I changed my mind that means no that means effing no that's it it doesn't matter how far I take it or what I have on if I say no it means no um Rev Run shot back with dress how you want to be addressed what are you ladies' thoughts on that? Faith?
0: Um, I definitely, I feel like um, depending on where you are going, just like Jordan says, like the, it's a time and place for every attire. And I do agree with that. I'm not saying that every woman that walks around with a crop top and mini shorts is a slut, obviously. But you can't walk around with coochie cutters in the mall and a skimpy, skimpy shirt on and not expect... A man to look at you and say, "Oh, I want to get her in bed." When he sees you wear that outfit, he's not saying, "Oh, I want to know her interests. Right. I want to know what she's like. I want to know what she is like as a wife." She's—he's thinking, "I want her for when I stand. I want her for just a, a good night, a good time."
2: Mm-hmm. Jordan, your thoughts? I actually saw the show, and when he said it, I got very upset because, like I said, it's—it's it's not. It shouldn't be on the woman to determine how you're how another person how a man is going to to treat me based on what I'm wearing but at the same time you can't if all you're showing the world is coochie cutters and bralettes mm-hmm. humans are judgmental mm-hmm. men are even more judgmental because they're more visual so unfortunately you have to take that into account you can't consistently have this one image of yourself but say oh no but I'm something else too you can Just like you want to be treated like you're multidimensional, you have to kind of dress like you're multidimensional. I agree. I, in some ways,
1: do agree with Reverend in terms of dress how you want to be addressed. Meaning, for me, my takeaway from it, if I'm going into a a work profession, then I'm going to obviously dress professionally for that um, job. I always try to keep in mind the future when you post something on the internet it's there forever so while you may be having a good time let's say you're at Coachella or something and you're wearing your bralette and your shorts your, your um, boss may see that and even though you're not at work they still may judge you upon that you never know who's watching you and what people are going to think about you so um, that's really all they have especially if it's a first time meeting you First impressions are everything, so people are going to go off of what they see. And in society, we have associated bralettes and mini skirts and Daisy Dukes with sexuality and sexual sex appeal. So it is that thing of, like um, Faith said, if you're going to go to the mall and you're going to wear Daisy Dukes and a crop top, You're going to have to expect somebody's going to be looking at you in a sexual manner. They're not going to look at you and say, oh, wow, your hair is really nice. They're looking at your body. They're looking at the parts of you that are on display. So that's my personal Piece from what he said but also Amber Rose said no that's not realistic if I want to wear a short skirt or a tank top and I'm at the club and I'm having fun with my friends and I'm feeling sexy I'm not DTF I'm not even looking at you I don't want to have sex with you I didn't come here to have sex I didn't come here to hook up with nobody I came out here with my girls and I just feel pretty I'm not asking for nothing I think that that's kind of a mixed thing because there are girls who go out in those Outfits to get attention. Like, literally, they wore the mini skirt because they wanted a man to look. They wanted a man to come up to them and say, dang, girl, like you bad, what's up, you know? And so for those women who may just have nice bodies and wanna wear a bodycon dress and things like that, who may just be having a good girls night, it kinda puts you in that lump sum of those women who are out there attention seeking, who are gonna go out there in the short shorts and twerk and be like, look at me, look at my body, look what I have to offer, I am DTF. We We live in a world where there's so many people who are that way that it's kinda hard to separate just the sexy,
2: confident woman who's not, but it's kind of that's where you kind of have to separate how you're dressing and your actions, mm-hmm. because you can be in the club, and if it's just you and your friends, and you're everyone in the club can see you're not paying attention to any other guys, you're not rubbing up against anyone, mm-hmm. you're not smiling in anybody's face, you're not trying to get a free drink, you're just here with your friends. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the actions that people should pay attention to and not just what you're wearing clubs are hot
1: i agree but at the same time how many times do we see girls dancing on each other to make the guy they look like they're not looking at the guys but they are they position themselves in a a way that the guy can see them and they're dancing on each other for the attention so for the girl who really did come out with her friends it's unfair to her because And then also, as you both said earlier about time and a place and being mindful, the scary factor is there are so many people drunk. And when you're drunk, you make poor decisions. Just the other week, you and I went out and I had on a long dress, long like quarter sleeve down to my like past my knees dress, fully covered. And this drunk guy walked past me and squeezed my butt. And I was appalled like. I was literally just trying to walk to the bar. I just gotten inside. And so um, it's things like that. When you're in bars and places like that, it's another dangerous and scary place if you are going to choose to dress sexy. I will say, so Amber Rose is also a mother and a former wife. Faith, you are a mother and a wife. What are your thoughts on mothers dressing sexy? Uh, we know the whole... Aisha being Aisha Curry versus a Kim K or some sort. What are your um, thoughts on that?
0: Um, I'm definitely for the cover up movement, like Aisha Cuff, uh, Aisha Curry. Um, I, me personally, as being a mother of a daughter, I definitely um, feel you get what you put out there as far as raising your children. So I just want to walk by example make sure that she's seeing. Um, how I walk and how I carry myself as a woman so I can instill good morals into her. Um, I wouldn't want to, even if I was a single mother, I wouldn't want to have multiple guys over my house because she sees that. I don't ever want her to grow up saying, well, mama did it, so it's okay, or mama dressed like that, so it's fine. And I feel like even if you are a mother of little boys, you also have to think about how are you teaching your boys to treat a woman when they get older. So for me, I think um, it's not my preference, especially with me being a wife as well, but I was never a, um, a person who dressed in crop tops or short shorts, that was just never my wardrobe preference. So I was never like that even before I met my husband, but being a mother i think i definitely carry myself and dress like a mother
1: um jordan um so what are what what are your thoughts you're not a mother but what would you say your thoughts are when we see women like amber rose or drea drea's gotten a whole lot of backlash for you know how she's dressed her former life as a stripper amber rose as well was a stripper what are your thoughts in terms of sexy moms you know Amber Rose has her butt cheeks on Instagram Kim Kardashian has taken nude photos of herself and posted them on her Instagram um what are your thoughts on moms who like to show their bodies
2: my opinion is there's it's okay to a certain extent your child is gonna grow up and be 13 one day Mm -hmm. and going to be able to use the internet Mm -hmm. and they're gonna be able to see everything that you've posted just like their friends and their friends' moms and dads. You kind of have to be able to think think of the future, but at the same time, not lose your identity. And it's kind of, it's weird because the females that you named, they're famous be partially because of their bodies, partially because of what they wear. So unfortunately, that's how they make their money. They have to make sure that they're still out in the limelight, they're still getting the attention online, so that they can book gigs and make money and book shows. Like, unfortunately, it's 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 how they eat. It's how they make money for their child. Right. Um, one person I'm
1: gonna have to mention. I know you're not a member of the Hive, Jordan, but Beyonce. I think she does a good job in terms of balance her performances are super sexy she has her costume but when you see her on instagram or the tabloids uh, she's usually covered up i mean naturally she'll wear shorts and she'll have a, a tee or something but you can see that there's a level of just casual chill
2: about her but she has a talent that's the thing she actually is famous because she's talented <laughs> she's an <laughs> entertainer she's not a model an ig mm-hmm. Whatever. She actually has a
1: job. Well, I think Chrissy Teigen does a good job, too, now that you say that she's a model. And I think she does a pretty good job of, you know, remaining sexy, but not overly sexy. Who else is there? Sierra. She does a good job. I hear crickets, but I think she does a good job.
0: Um. I definitely love Sierra. And I think uh, she does do a good job with staying covered up. um, And she's still sexy. Right, like and you've seen, those her, are the good examples, and- um, to me. I feel like you don't have to be in uh, super skimpy outfits to appear as sexy.
1: Right, or right. just not your butt on Instagram. Just yeah, okay.
0: once you could be sexy in shorts and a nice t-shirt. Yeah, you can be sexy in jeans and a turtleneck. Right. But I feel like it's how you carry yourself and how you present yourself
1: right you don't have to wear moo ladies we're not saying you know just wear the unshapely moo's out here but right. um. <laughs> just just be mindful that your kids will someday see these pictures um and you'll have to explain to them um what it is uh moving on though we wanted to talk about uh sexual liberation and the new age woman uh i jordan is our new age woman so she's here to represent for all you sexually liberal women out there Mm -hmm. um and so we have a few questions for you jordan um okay so now we are on our portion on feminism um specifically as it pertains to sexual liberation and so we have jordan our expert here jordan do you consider yourself a feminist
2: i do i believe women should be equal to men. I believe we deserve equal pay. I believe we deserve the same respect in regards to sexual relations and things of that nature. So yes, I do think I would consider myself a feminist. When did you decide to become sexually liberal and why? Um, I was in college. Um, College is one of those times where you really are figuring yourself out. And I'll say it was maybe my junior year. Um, I felt like I wanted my body to be my own. I wanted to find out what I liked, what I didn't like. I didn't want to put restrictions on myself based on what other people would think of me. So I just decided I'll make my sexuality my own.
0: And I did. Uh, Wow. Feminist, um how do you think about the double standards
2: unfortunately
0: on women and men
2: unfortunately they're there um it's it's something that we can we as women can chip away at but i don't know if it'll ever be truly equal in terms of um in terms of sex earlier faith and i were talking with her husband michael
1: um about the same topic and one of the things that i was talking about with him was do women are women who say that they're sexually but they're taking their power back into their body do you really feel that you have the power in terms of at the end of the day in a in a way the man has the final say in terms of marriage like you can have sex with as many partners as you'd like and choose to have sex or not choose to have sex but when it does come down to that relationship do you do you still feel that you are in control and you have that power?
2: I do because I would like to think that I would choose someone who wouldn't make my history the forefront of if he is going to be in love with me and marry me. Mm-hmm. I'm cognizant of the fact that it is going to play a role. I believe in being very honest and up upfront about your history In in terms that are comfortable for you so that you and your partner can make that decision. I don't want to take the the decision away from a man and not tell him anything and make him think that I've just been this angel my entire life. But I feel like if if I tell you everything up front, I'm giving you the option to. You gonna deal with me, or you're not gonna deal with me, and then we go from there. With so many men um, always claiming they they
1: want to wife the good girl, it's like they they'll sleep with as many wild quote unquote women, but when it comes time to settle down, they want the good girl. How do you how do, has that impacted your dating life at all? It's, it's especially when you think about
2: settling down. No, because I feel like. I can play both roles. I feel like you can be a good girl, a good woman, and still be Mm self-possessed. I don't think, and maybe this is just my own personal definition, a good girl is someone who is a virgin and never opened her legs to anyone. Mm -hmm. A good girl, a good woman is someone who is going to be good to her mate, someone who is good to herself and has morals and standards and self-respect. I don't think that your sexual history has 100% to do with if you're a good girl. And I don't personally think it's hindered me. I've been engaged twice and I broke both of them off. So it hasn't really been a big issue for me. Um, how
0: do you think sexual liberation makes you feel about your feminism or womanhood? It's
2: it's empowering because I feel like I I've learned a lot about myself and a lot about how I define a woman, how I define a strong woman, how I define a quote-unquote loose woman. All of my terms kind of they, I had to change my definitions. So I think it's it's impacted me a great deal. And it's impacted what I think feminism is quite a bit.
1: Being that you are sexually liberal, how have you, like, as you said, you're very honest and upfront about it um, with the level that you're comfortable with. How have you avoided being labeled a whore or a slut?
2: I pick people, or I like to think that I pick men and not boys. A man isn't going to to judge you if you're honest with him honest with yourself if if he's secure within himself and secure within the fact that you've chosen him he's chosen you then nothing else really matters and
1: would you say that being sexually liberal doesn't necessarily mean you are dressing provocatively like an Amber Rose or a Kim K can you do you think you can be sexually liberal and still cover up and still um it's being sexually my question basically is do you think that being sexually liberal is equated
2: to the way you
1: dress the exterior
2: for all I think this is kind of a two-part answer I think in society I think there is kind of a uniform of a woman who's sexually free or sexually open me personally I don't think so I think You can be sexually liberal and just wear jeans and t-shirts all the time. And wear gym shoes. Like You don't have to wear extremely provocative clothes in order to be um, sexually
0: liberal. Who do you think is more judgmental of your sexual liberation, men or women?
2: Women. I think women, I think it's a few different reasons. Number one, it's because they don't under... They, they don't understand how I think the way that I think. Number two, sometimes it is jealousy. Like they're jealous of the fact that I'm honest with myself. I'm honest with my partner. They they feel some kind of way that I'm okay with who I am. That I have self-confidence. That I know my self-worth. That I know my worth isn't wrapped up in my vagina. Right.
1: And how do you, because a lot of people that is their claim, it's if you knew your worth, you'd wait or you'd save yourself. How do you combat that? Or what is, your, what is your answer for those who are sexually liberal and do say that I know my worth and I'm still having sex with multiple partners?
2: So what about the rest of who this woman is? Mm-hmm. Okay, so this person, they have sex with whom they choose to have sex with. Mm -hmm. so basically if that's all you choose to pay attention to then you're not going to pay attention to the fact that they're a really good friend Mm -hmm. that they're a really good person that they still go to church that they still are independent they they want the best for themselves in every area of their lives they're safe with their sexual activity like you're you're basically saying that nothing else you ever do in your life matters because you've decided that you're going to take control of your body. So you're saying a woman doesn't have to devalue herself to enjoy having lots of sex? No, because it's for me, It's I'm making the decision on when, where, how. I'm making the decision on who. I'm, I'm making all of these decisions, usually making these decisions without the aid of alcohol. So I'm, I'm in my right mind. It's, I think there's, it's being promiscuous and being a whore is different from sexual liberation. If I'm on a date with someone and we're vibing and I really like you and it's, it looks like it's going in a pretty good direction. I don't see why, why not? Mm-hmm. If, and it could be something totally different where I wait. I've been in a relationship where I waited six months to be with someone and he ended up cheating on me and having a baby on me and this, that, and the third. Like waiting doesn't, doesn't mean the man is going to respect you more or less. The man is going to be the man and who he is, irregardless to how long you wait. Right, but as you said, there's a difference in being a whore and sexually liberal. For people out there who put the two together, Mm -hmm. what's the difference? The difference is being promiscuous. To me, you're not putting yourself first. You're putting... I don't think you have as much self-respect for yourself. You probably have low self-esteem. You're doing... You're having sex in order to gain something.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: You're... You're doing this because you think maybe he'll like me if I do this. Maybe he'll treat me right if if I do this. Maybe he'll buy me things if I do this. If you're just sexually liberated, you're doing this because you enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Because you like him. Because you want to. Okay. And that's it. Um, Would you say that you have a healthy sex life? Yes, I do. Number one. Um, I get tested. I make sure I get tested. And I also am a hardcore fan of no glove no love um I on the other side of that a healthy sex life to me is also knowing what you like knowing how to tell your partner what you like knowing knowing what what gets your engine going Mm -hmm. and so I, I definitely know how to do all of that well, we
1: appreciate you bringing up the no glove, no love. Um, just some facts out there for you all. More than half of all people will have an STD or STI at some point in their lifetime. Recent estimates from the Centers of Disease and Control and, inf- and Infection show that there are 19.7 million new STIs every year in the United States. Um, Of the STDs and STIs that are diagnosed, only some gonorrhea, syphilis, chlamydia, hepatitis A and B are required to be reported to the state health departments. One out of 20 people in the United States will get infected with hepatitis B sometime during their lives. And hepatitis B is 100 times more infectious than HIV approximately half of hbv infections are transmitted sexually hbv is linked to chronic liver disease including uh, cirrhosis and liver cancer jordan and i we went out a few weeks ago to a bar and actually they had condoms in a bowl for free so you could have taken one you could have taken 20 however many you needed um are wanted so and also there's lots of health centers out there who will provide you with birth control as well as female and male condoms um so there's really no excuse not to protect yourselves or not to have access to protection so if you are going to be out here having sex at least be wise about having sex be smart be safe protect yourself and get tested annually um going back your sexual liberation jordan Mm -hmm. does being sexually liberal ever make you feel guilty
2: no not at all
1: (laughs) have you ever considered being celibate
2: I was celibate for a period of time. I was celibate because I had just moved to Houston. I was meeting people, but I wasn't really vibing with anyone. And I would rather keep it to myself than sleep with someone just because. So for two years, I just didn't sleep with anybody. (laughs) and it was awful
1: right so so being sexually liberal does not mean that you have to have sex all the time it's just meaning that if you choose to or you meet the person that you want to there's no shame or guilt behind you having sex jordan how soon would you say it's too soon to have sex with someone while dating and this isn't just a relationship this is literally hi how are you my name is blank how soon is too soon
2: too soon see for every situation it's it's different for me personally I need to to get to know you I need to know at least something about you I need to know the type of person that you are before I say "Mm, yeah I want to give you so would you say first dates too soon not necessarily (laughs) not necessarily I wouldn't make it like a mandatory thing on the first date but I mean if I if it's if it's going well, if I'm comfortable, if I'm down, you're down, we're safe. Why
1: not? And what advice would you give a woman who is considering sexual liberation?
2: Make sure it's it's something you want to do for yourself. Make sure you're not doing this for all the wrong reasons. Be safe. All right, there, all you sexually liberal people. There you
1: have it from our expert, expert Jordan herself. Okay, so now, guys, we're going to talk about celibacy. Um, Our first, the first thing we want to discuss is Russell Wilson and Sierra. Um, In Us Weekly, they did an interview with him where he talked about their relationship. He said that he had a girlfriend. And he also told the story, he said, when asked about how he moves forward with his relationship while remaining true to his promise to God, Wilson told the story. Um, He said that God spoke to me and said, I need you to lead her. And I was like, really, right now? And he goes, no, I want and need you to lead her. And I asked her, what would you do if we what would you do if we took all the extra stuff off the table and just did it Jesus' way when the host of the talk show asked Wilson to clarify what he meant by extra stuff, the football star admitted, yeah, we're talking about sex. Can we love each other without that? If you can really love someone without that, then you can really love somebody." I ain't going to lie to y'all now. I need y'all to pray for us because I know y'all have seen her on the screen now. If there's a 10, she's a 15. Pray for me. Keep my mind clear. Keep my heart clear. So Russell says that, you know, what led his decision to be celibate um, with Sierra was that he felt God telling him to lead her. Faith, what are your thoughts on that?
0: I give them... All the praise. Kudos to them. Um, I was not on the celibacy celibacy train before marriage. Um, Me and my husband was each other's first. Uh, We did try to be celibate um, when we got engaged. Uh, Just kind of like a fun thing. Oh, look how passionate we'll be on our wedding night. But unfortunately, like for me, when you start that sexual relationship, uh, sexual uh, intimacy, in your relationship, it's very hard to revert back and be celibate. So I definitely um, give them praise, and Russell, w- Russell Wilson uh, praise for being celibate as a man.
2: Yes, Jordan, your thoughts?
0: <clears throat>
2: as I said before, I was celibate for two years, and it was very, very difficult. And that was partially out of necessity. Um, it's I applaud them. For, for remaining celibate and I know it probably is a little bit tougher to to discuss celibacy when you're famous especially if you're a football NFL star because you're expected to do everything that a quote-unquote masculine man would do and that would be including having sex with your girlfriend so it I know it it's strengthens bonds within the relationship and we all know you need that in a celebrity relationship so kudos to them
1: yes um i agree i i definitely applaud russell wilson um for one, being strong as a man, um, as a human being, to to not give in to those fleshly desires. But also, he gets so much respect from me because he was obedient to God. He heard the voice of God and chose to trust in it and to obey God. And I think for that, that's why his relationship with Sierra has flourished the way it has. And I wish them all the success in the world. And also, um, transitioning, as Jordan said, to being she was celibate for two years, I wanted to talk about Devon Franklin and Megan Good's book, The Weight. And to begin that, just to give clarification on the definition of celibacy, um, in an interview with CBS News, Megan Good um, discussed what they, how they define abstinence versus celibacy in their book, The Weight. Megan's quoted saying, abstinence is just, hey, I'm not doing it. And we say, well, sometimes you can be abstinent because you don't have options. But we define celibacy as abstaining from sex because there's a higher purpose and a higher calling. And we believe that it is specifically related to marriage. So there you have it, folks. Um, Celibacy defined by Devon Franklin and Megan Good is abstaining from sex with the higher purpose and a higher calling specifically related to marriage. Uh, I myself am am celibate. I really enjoyed reading this book. I could uh, relate a lot to the book. Specifically, Megan Good's um, perspective of it, as she said, she came from a emotionally exhausting relationship. She was tired. She had had enough. And she really felt that it was time for her to take time for herself to become celibate and just to focus on her relationship with God and to just grow and flourish as a person. Your thoughts, guys?
2: <sighs> Celibacy. Like, right now, with those definitions, I would be classified as being abstinent yes because I have options but I choose not to exhaust those options because they are not appealing to me Mm -hmm. right now right I kind of am at the point where I'm considering being celibate because I am getting up there in age and I do plan on getting married sometime soon to whom I don't know but I have one person in particular that I would very much like to marry um and i I think it might be good for me to to kind of take that off the table and kind of reset my mind in terms of um kind of waiting for that special person
1: right and I know a lot of people who've read this book um some of my friends in particular who've said, oh, I think I'll be celibate till um, I'm in a relationship. And just to clarify, that's not celibacy, that's abstinence. Like you're abstaining, meaning you're not doing, you can abstain from alcohol. When you go on a cleanse and you, you're you abstaining, that's what you're not stopping. it. to say you're celibate means you're choosing that until I say I do and, and take that vow of marriage, I am not going to have sexual relations, period. So that's just a little clarification for those, you know, um, if you choose to wait till you're in a serious relationship until you find the person you're interested in, that would be abstinence. If you're choosing to make that commitment to go all the way till marriage, then you would be classified as celibate. Um, Faith, do you have any thoughts?
0: Well, I actually do have a question for you, Bree. Um, I want to know, like, what made you become um, celibate or going into the wait? um uh, <laughs>
1: Okay, well, yeah, so um, Jordan was our sexual liberations expert. I'm not going to necessarily say I'm an expert at celibacy, but since I am the celibate one here on the show, um, questions are coming my way now. Uh, What made me decide to become celibate? I really have... um, Well, originally, when I was growing up in school and stuff, I always envisioned myself abstaining until I was married like I wanted to be a virgin until my wedding day that didn't happen sorry mom but I really thought about it and I just said to myself you know like I didn't want to continue giving myself to the wrong person I didn't want soul ties I didn't want the emotional exhaustion of losing someone because I think when you're in a sexual relationship, it makes a breakup ten times worse. At least for me, like I'm when I love, I love hard. Um, I'm I've always been a like very marriage-oriented person. I've always wanted to be married. I'm the dreamer um, of my friends. So for me, it's like if I'm dating you, I'm, I've always been dating with a purpose and thinking like, oh, you know, one day we'll get married. But guys don't always think that. They're like, okay. You know, you're cool for now. And that can really be hurtful and hard. So for me, it was a conscious decision to say, you know what, I can't do it. I'm not that girl. Like, as Jordan said, you know, you have to think about doing it for the right reasons. If you're going to be sexually liberal, think about doing it for the right reasons. To thine own self be true. I'm not that girl. I am not some girl who can have sex with you and say, okay, this was fun or this was cool. See you later. If we talk, we talk. If we don't, we don't. I can't do that. Like, I want my husband. So, for me, it was just better to be celibate and to wait and trust that God's going to send the right man with the same intentions and mindset that I have.
0: I have so many Do you questions. think, like, it improves your relationship with men being celibate? Um, I
1: think so. Um, I will say uh, the, the first time I decided to... Um, I definitely did it for the wrong reasons. It was more of a way to weed out guys who weren't serious. I I kind of used it as a weapon in terms of if I say I'm celibate, either you're going to flee or you're going to stay. And that's not what you should do. You shouldn't use it as a weapon because you're in it for the wrong reasons and you probably won't stand, stick with it because you're just using it as a weed out method. Not You don't fully buy into the whole belief system. It's like if you're on a diet or something, if you're just doing a cleanse to lose weight, you're you're probably going to fall off, but if you really want to lead this whole new healthy lifestyle change, you'll you're more likely to stay consistent in it. And with celibacy, it's the same thing. It's, you know, if you're serious about it, it's not to get rid of the guys interested in one night stand, but you're really saying to yourself, you know what, god, no matter how long it takes, I'm in this with you to honor you and to obey you that I think it does work for you um it does help you get to know people better um I think it does help to have better relationships because you can have those conversations it makes dating to me better because you're not talking about frivolous things you're talking about how many children do you want to have where do you want to live what is your parenting style um what are your financial goals how are you with your finances you know what are your what is your um how's your faith with god what denomination are you what church do you want to attend you're talking about things that are important when you get married so for me i think it does help because when you find someone who's in that with you to say hey I want to take the sex, to take sex out of it, too, and really focus on dating you, getting to know you, if you're right as my husband, as my wife, as opposed to just you're cute, you're cool, you're interesting. I think it does help.
0: Okay, on Celebrate.org, it names a couple of benefits of living without sex. One, biblically and spiritually sound. Two, enjoy feeling of self-worth. Um, Three, know that someone loves you for who you are and rather than what you can give to them sexually. Four, avoid an unexpected or unwanted pregnancy. And five, avoid catching one of over 20 sexually transmitted infections. And six, if dating someone who who also has the willpower and commitment to stay sexually abstinent There is the chance to live with your partner before marriage and enjoy the companionship, financial benefits, and the knowledge that you are not walking into the unknown after tying the knot. So what do you think about that, Bri? Um,
1: I agree. Like, I think you're definitely, well, obviously, if you're not having sex, you're not going to get a sexually transmitted disease. So that's definitely true. But I do, I think you get to know, you build that friendship foundation I think a lot of women not just me but a lot of women we're emotional creatures sex only intensifies those emotions so if you can take sex out of it and see him as your friend and there's that pressure lifted I mean you're still working toward the goal of seeing if this person is your partner in marriage but I think it helps you to evaluate the relationship better because you're not oh my gosh, we had sex and he hasn't called me. Oh my gosh, I gave him this and he's not acting this way. He should be acting that way. I think you can clearly see a person's patterns. You can take a a step back and say, okay, this is who this person is. This is how he is. I can't change him. If this is who I get, this is who I get. And you can, without the intense emotion, evaluate if this is a good person or not. I know a lot of women who would make excuses for the man? If you've had sex with him, it's like, well, I don't want another body count. I don't want this, that, and the third. So you stay with him or you make excuses. Whereas if you didn't have sex with him, I think it would be a lot easier to just cut your losses and say, yeah, no, he's not it. And it's okay that he's not it because he's not. And you can walk away.
0: Okay, another question that I have. In, do you feel any pressure to, be, to not be celibate in a sex-selling world?
1: no not at all I, I used to uh, a while ago I would feel pressured like oh well there's so many girls out here who are having sex or knowing guys a lot of guys say that they're not gonna wait or it's unrealistic or they need to you know test the car before they buy it but no I'm, I'm so securing myself now that Absolutely not. It's like if you want someone who's going to have sex with you, be with that girl because it's not me. Um, I don't feel any less valuable or lame or anything like that by being celibate. I, I'm not ashamed to say that I'm celibate because there is no shame in it. It's just saying, you know what, I'm in a place in my life where I want clarity. I don't want the disruption or the distractions that sex bring. I want to build a solid foundation um and friendship first. And sex can wait. I mean, I think sex is one of the easiest things you can do. You're you you're not really taught it. It's something that you you do. Um, God has placed in us instincts, so that's not something that needs to be learned. But what does need to be learned is how to communicate effectively, trust, loyalty. Patterns, how to compromise, how to merge two lives into one. Those things have to be worked on. Sex you can you have the basics of it. I mean as time goes on you can change things up and make it better for yourselves, but I think it's it's harder to to put two lives together than it is not to.
2: But I kind of buy into you need to test drive the car before you take it off the lot. Because, and this is a very, this may or may not happen. What if the parts yeah. don't match up? Like, what if
0: <laughs>
2: that someone is a good question. is too big that is a, for that someone is a good else? Thing to know. <laughs> and you can't fit something into something. Or maybe And you've has, already
0: married. You've exactly. already tied the
1: knot. Well, I don't think that that's. A deal breaker in terms of so if I met this person and I'm in love with this person and our lives are compatible we want the same things believe the same things I don't think it's fair to say oh we have to get a divorce now because our parts don't align I think there's even physiologically a woman's vagina will will contract and expand and it may take some time for either or but I don't think that for me personally, I just don't buy into that idea of try it before you buy it because I think it's just you need to love the person first. Even if let's say you you get married and your wedding night comes and you're disappointed in what you the package you unwrap, I to me that's not. Sex is an important component of your relationship, but I think if you love each other, you can make it work. That's when communication comes into play. That's when you talk about things. That's when you you make choices to make it work. You don't leave that person. If I if I built my love for you without the
2: sex, figuring out how to make the sex work, that's not hard. Like the uh, I think for me it's the immediacy of, okay, we've waited and it's our wedding night and I'm in my lingerie and you're on the bed and I pull back the covers and it's disappointing. Like you can't take that look off your face. Like he's always going to remember that look. I don't want to give him that look after we've just stood in front of all our family and friends and said I do and we love each other and told Jesus, yeah, I got him and yeah, she
0: got me. I agree with you, Jordan, and though I didn't um, wait till marriage, um, I came from... um, a father who was a minister um so i was taught uh to wait till marriage i was taught all these biblical uh teachings and the bible does tell you to wait till marriage so how do you feel about that you guys jordan and brie
1: well well first to answer or to go back to what jordan said about the disappointment i don't believe in that either just because ideally if you're celibate you're waiting till you're You're dating to marry. You don't just talk about life and then the wedding day comes you go through premarital counseling and part of your premarital counseling is to discuss sex so i think that's one of the things you bring up like what's important to you in your sex life how do you expect your sex life to be um what are things that you like and dislike and through c- talking you'll you'll know those things like you may not know exactly the size of your husband in that room but you've talked about these things and also when you marry that person it's not a ko it's like okay this is what we're working with here. We love each other, we trust each other. We can work with this. Whether it be toys, whether it be some type of additive to make things better. Whatever that is, you've trusted this person enough to to become husband and wife, surely you can work through making your sex life better. Obviously, it's it's anybody's first time is awkward. It's going to be awkward. You expected to be awkward, but through communication you're going to be able to resolve those issues. And I believe that you're going to have an amazing sex life. I, I agree
2: to a certain extent. I just I just can't get over. I, I believe that the whole piece about communication is extremely important. Mm-hmm. And I believe that talking about your expectations and yes. what you like and what you don't like is also very important. But I guess for me, it's hard to go from... Okay, I like you. Okay, let's do this. Oh, okay, I love you. Oh, okay, let's really do this too. Yeah, let's wait until we go before God and our family and friends. Well, and
1: that's why a lot of people, even Devon and Megan said in their book, they don't believe in it shouldn't take a long process. I mean, you get to know the person you date them once you both have determined yes, we want to get married. That's when you start the premarital counseling you, and then eventually when the pro- appropriate time he pr- he um, proposes to you. I've known people, or heard of people um, it take it's taking them 6 months to a year. Mm-hmm. And then they they wait and Devon and Megan recommend that your engagement period be no longer than how long it takes you to prepare, to plan the
2: wedding. But do you think partially, because I've noticed that like a lot of people that meet and fall in love in church, they get married really fast. I've always wondered, does the fact that you're not having sex play any part in why you got married so quickly? I think for absolutely.
1: I would say a lot of times it does help. It It helps you get on this timeline of let's not wait around but i i like that because it it if you do it right you ask the right questions and go through the right process like now i'm not gonna say like oh oh i met him he's so fine he's celibate i'm celibate let's hurry up and do this thing like no you you're on a you're like okay we're already physically attracted to each other let's take this seriously it's not this oh i'll see you when i see you we date occasionally she's cool He's cool. You're like, okay, we're spending time. You have that conversation. I'm celibate. You're celibate. What are your intentions?
2: So it's more dating with, with a purpose. Yeah, it's not absolutely. Just yeah, it's
1: not just this frothy little. La, of of right. There is okay. work being put in. When you're dating with a purpose, when you do finally find that person that is right for you you're actively working on that relationship you're going on dates you're asking each other questions about marriage life about parenting styles about financial um lifestyles how they want how they view finances where they want to live whether it's suburbs or in the city house or condo versus apartment you're asking all these important questions and that's why it's so important to be honest and when you are celibate you need to get to a place where you say you know what However long it takes, God, I trust you because you don't want to get to a place where you're like, "Who, oh Lord? I've been celibate for three years now, and did somebody finally pay some attention to you? You just want to not be celibate no more. That you marry the first celibate man you see, and then you're stuck because you lied. That's why if that's if they're not a right fit for you, be honest in that. And if they are, I mean, you're going to have differences and things to work on. um In the book, Devons talked about how smoking was a deal breaker for him and megan good smoked for a very long time and for her she wasn't going to give it up because he was telling her to she Mm -hmm. wanted to be her choice and that's something that they had to work on um and they went to counseling and talked about and eventually she did stop smoking but it was a conversation that they had for uh in the beginning so definitely you're dating with a purpose when you're celibate and that's why a lot of people do get married fast when they do that but at the same time it's not this sporadic oh I talk to you when I talk to you we might hang out a couple times now it's getting hot and heavy let's do this you should be actively working
2: well I kind of have a question in terms of when do you tell someone that you're dating or someone that you're interested in when do you tell them I'm practicing celibacy.
1: I think it varies. You you tell them when you're comfortable. Obviously, you wouldn't wait like five dates in, but usually it's going to come up. Um, at some point, you're going to ask, what are we doing? Everyone has the infamous question, what are we doing? Whether you're asking it the night after you've had sex or whether you're asking it <laughs> over dinner, you're going to ask, what are we doing? And um, you, that's when you tell them, like, you know, look, I just want you to know that I'm celibate. I'm, I'm dating with a purpose. I don't have time to to wait or to waste what are what are we doing? What are your intentions? Um, sometimes that conversation can be had on a first date. Sometimes it might take a couple of dates. You feel the person out. You find a good vibe with them, and then you let them know, like, "Hey, I really like you, but I want you to know I'm celibate." Um, is and I, I hope that's not a problem for you. And if it's if it is, you know, well, we can maybe be friends.
2: Okay. So, as your friend, I'm going to ask you a personal question because I feel like it's 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 a good question. Okay, okay. (laughs) While you're in your celibacy, yes, do you masturbate? No.
1: Why? Um, I think it's a personal choice. Um, I will reference this book again. Obviously, the (laughs) weight. They even said it though. The Bible does not say anything, which is true. The Bible does not say anything specific to masturbation. However, the Bible does speak to sexual immorality. That is, however, for you to infer what you feel sexual immorality is. Um so for me personally, I feel convicted about it. I don't feel comfortable. I don't feel good. I don't feel okay to do that. That's a conviction I have. Someone else can be celibate and say, it don't bother me at all. That's a personal thing. I'm not going to sit here and speak for all people who are celibate and say, no, you can never masturbate. I, my advice to you is read your Bibles, pray on it. Go and, and go with what your gut says, what the Holy Spirit puts on your heart. If you're you're feeling convicted about it, don't do it. If you don't feel any conviction about it, that's on you. But for, for, for me personally, that's a no. And that's just simply because I do have a conviction about it.
2: It's kind of crazy that you're talking about that Bible verse. Because that Bible verse was like my daily... Every morning I read a Bible verse before I got out of bed. And that was my verse was talking about... Um, Those who are sexually immoral, thieves, adulterers, they will not see the kingdom. And it's kind of like, well, how do you decide what's sexually immoral? It's kind of an open-ended, kind of a subjective term.
1: Right. Well, I mean, yeah, it is. I think a lot of people I've heard pastors and preachers talk about, even after marriage, I remember reading or watching heather Lindsay speak and she even said even in marriage toys you don't need them god gave you or equipped you with everything you need to have a healthy sex life so i think it varies like you'll have you'll have some people tell you that toys are sexually immoral you'll have some people tell you that masturbation is sexually immoral i say that it's an objective statement there's no specifics that say what is but i will say whatever Uh, we all know sexually immoral The Bible says that you shouldn't have premarital sex. Aside from that getting into specifics, you have to just go on your personal convictions.
2: Yeah, I agree. Any other questions? Do you think it's easier for men or women to be celibate?
1: I think it depends. Probably, I would say more people will probably say women, Mm -hmm. just because men are notoriously known for being sexual beings. They're the hunters. But also, if you are a woman with a healthy sexual appetite it's not always easy like the struggle can be real. real so um I think it's a struggle for either person but I think a lot of people would probably say for the man it's more of a challenge That's all I got. okay and also uh with re- going back regards to what Jordan just uh asked about the masturbation um We wanted to talk about the religious aspect of it. So, for anyone who does have questions about, oh, well, what about religion? What religion says, 1 Corinthians 7 through 7, verses 1 through 40 says, Now, concerning the matters about which you wrote, it is good for a man not to have sexual relations with a woman. But, because of the temptation to sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife, and each woman her own husband. The husband should give to his wife her conjugal rights, and likewise the wife to her husband. For the wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. Likewise, the husband does not have the authority over his own body, but the wife does. Do not deprive one another, except perhaps by agreement for a limited time, that they may devote yourselves that you may devote yourselves to prayer, but then come together again so that Satan may not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Hebrews 13 and 4 says, Let marriage be held in in honor among all, and let the marriage bed be undefiled, for God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. Exodus 22 and verse 16 says, If a man seduces a virgin who is not betrothed, And lies with her, he shall give the bride price for her and make her his wife. That is what the Bible says. I did not write the Bible, but for any of you asking or wondering what biblical truth says, it does say plain and clear that we are to wait, or if we cannot control our sexual urges, that we then should marry. Maybe I need (laughs) to. Maybe so, Jordan.
2: (laughs) Maybe you should get married
1: or join the celibacy club. Um, But that concludes our episode of part one of dating and Relationships: sex versus celibacy. Tune in next week for part two where we will discuss marriage and we'll have our special guests on. Um, And be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Twitter is at Lipstick and Tea. Instagram is at The Lipstick and Tea. And Facebook is www.facebook.com The Lipstick and Tea. Tune in Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Central to hear more from us.
0: All right, bye.